Hey, I'm Jordan. And I'm Ashley. We're the founders of For the Good, a community created to empower and elevate you to live a purpose-driven life. Our mission is to bring light into our world, and to do so, we have learned that it must start with it. We are so glad to have you here with us. Hi, friends. Today, we have a special guest on the podcast, Madi Gilbert. Madi connected with us here at For the Good to share his story, and right away, I knew he was someone we wanted to connect with for a podcast episode. Madi, who was born without arms or legs, is known as the world's magician. He has traveled the world to appear on stage and on screen to share his talents and message. Madi, it's great to have you join me here today. Well, thank you, and it was really just an amazing thing to discover you guys ever since i've transitioned to the online world seeing what other people are doing online inspiring people my life was just totally not totally offline but you know every everybody was doing things in person so when i start going online and i'm seeing you know where do people find different types of content and i came across what you guys were doing with your podcast and your writings and i thought what an incredible thing to be able to give people, which is real resources and tools from real world experience that other people can digest and they can apply right away to their lives. And, you know, I think about what I do. I mean, I'm an entertainer and I do magic and all that stuff, but it's very much at the heart of what I do, which is trying to give people something that they can use in their own lives right away and not have it just as a theoretical thing, but something that they can apply, something that becomes real and true to them. So uh, thank you for inviting me. And I'm glad that we connected through, you know, this online labyrinth. (laughs) The the internet can be an amazing place to be able to connect, you know, like-minded people and just to be able to share these stories out into the world, because our mission here at For the Good is to bring light into the world and share these stories and messages of resiliency, strength, you know, highlighting how we are capable of transforming a difficulty or a hardship into purpose to serve others. And learning more about your story, this is exactly what you've dedicated your life to doing. I'd love for you to start from the beginning of your journey. What was life like before you became Madi the Magician? So I, I, I think it's appropriate that I go back to the very beginning because one of the things people often ask is why I was born uh, the way that I am. I was born without any hands and feet. And the reason I was born this way is when I was in my mother's womb when she was pregnant with me, um, I was disconnected uh, from her, not dis- not completely disconnected, but uh, what happens sometimes is there's complications and the baby stops receiving all the life-giving uh, nutrition, the oxygen and the blood that keeps the babies alive. And what usually happens in those cases is uh, very unfortunately, the baby will die, the mother will have a miscarriage and that will be the end of the pregnancy. Uh, What happened with me is for whatever reason, I don't know why, but my body kept all the most important stuff and put that towards my survival. So saving all those important stuff for my brain and for my heart and instead not developing um, 
the extremities of my body is, like, is that life cycle, you know, the baby's developing and different body parts are developed. So cutting that short and keeping the important stuff so I survive, being able to then have a successful pregnancy and then being born uh, into, the, into the world like that. So that's how I came into this world. And um, it was very interesting when I was born uh, my mother and father separated. Um, and so my mom was alone raising her four children. I have two sisters and a brother. And we were very poor growing up. We didn't have much of anything. And you just really don't know what's possible for you when you're growing up in that environment and also growing up in a condition which restricts you from all the things that you want to do. And so I was growing up in, you know, I was growing up in my neighborhood, which was a very poor neighborhood. And one of the, I think one of the most tragic things, and I guess you don't see it as being so extreme when you're young, but when people are so poor, they become desperate and everybody becomes a predator in their own way. So when I was a little kid, you know, it's not like <laughs> the people in my neighborhood said like, oh, here's this kid without any, you know, uh, arms or legs, we're going to be nice to him. It's like, oh no, you know, let's, let's steal from him. You know, let's beat this guy up. He can't protect himself. You know, that's crazy to say that because you're thinking like, why would people do this? But that's just the mentality that you have when I think the human being is not in a state where they are growing as a human, uh, as a human being. They sort of denigrate into something else. And that's not to say they're not human or something like, you know, poor people are human. <laughs> that's not what I'm saying. But uh, when you are in that environment, it can affect you in a very negative way. And so I remember growing up, uh, experiencing all those things, being incredibly nervous uh, and developing, you know, a language disorder. So, so many people are staring at you all the time and, uh, you know, talking about you like, you know, here's this person who doesn't have any whatever. You're, you, you know, you always feel so self-conscious. So I had a very difficult time talking and doing stuff and at the same time you're an innocent kid so you know you're going to school and everybody wants to do stuff in school and everything that you want to do you're being told that you can't do it that it's not for you and I, I'll give you an example when I was in school we had a music class and uh, every kid got to play an instrument and you know what's the instrument I wanted to play I wanted to play the piano because I thought it sounded beautiful you know I like the piano <laughs> so I remember telling the teacher that and um, she pulled me aside and she didn't say it to, to the whole class or she you know she only told me but she you know wanted to let me down she's you know Maddie you have a different body than other people maybe you can't do stuff with your body in the same way but you have a very good mind so you should concentrate on that so that, you know, you can do stuff that you'll be successful at. And I thought, okay, well, that sucks, but I want to play the piano, right? <laughs> like, thanks for telling me that, but that's not, you know, that's not what, you know, people tell you, I think, what they think you need to hear. Um, but sometimes what you need to hear is what you want to hear, if that makes sense. So anyways, without getting into the whole psychology of that, I, I just was in a place 
where I was constantly just thinking, what am I going to do with my life? And am I ever going to have a regular life? What kind of experience of life is this? And as I get older, am I really going to be able to live the life that I want to live and become the person that I want to become? Because I'm saying all these things that I want to do um, and everybody's telling me that it's not possible for me. So what do I do? And, you know, I'm asking myself, a kid, these philosophical questions because, you know, like what else? Everyone's telling you no, but you don't want to know, you know, you don't want to hear now. So I remember hearing uh, about uh, magicians. Like I had never really seen a magic show or something, but I knew it was somebody who existed out there. There were magicians and these were people who could do anything. And so I thought to myself, oh, if I become a magician, I'll just be able to do anything. And, you know, I won't have to deal with all these no's. <laughs> I can just do it. So that was my initial mindset. Like, oh, I'll just become a magician as a problem solving thing. And, um, and then I got really interested in magic and seeing magic. And I really, you know, I want to learn about it. It was very hard to learn about it. And everybody who I talked to, you know, uh, they would tell me, you know, well, you really can't do this. You have to, you have to, um, you know, you have to be more realistic. And it's like, well, what do you mean? I want to become a magician. Magicians can do anything. If you guys are telling me that I can't become a magician, this doesn't make sense to me. Uh, so that is how I be, that's how I first started to get into it. You know, if we were to really just go quickly over that period of my life. And on your page, I it just reminds me that I read a powerful message and it said so many people get stuck in the stories that they tell themselves about their lives, their situations and their own character that they get in their own way of moving towards their true passion, goals, dreams and desires. So in the situations that you've shared with me and throughout your life, how were you able to push through it for yourself? So for me, I took sort of a side route. So at this point, I knew that I wanted to do magic. Like I just knew it and I did not I did not know how. I remember even going to, um, you know, every kid when you're in school, at least where I was, you have to go meet with the guidance counselor and you're like, oh, what do you want to do in life? And you sort of tell them and then they give you advice on like what courses you should take and stuff. So I remember going to the guidance counselor and... Um, what do you want to do in life? And I, I tell her, oh, I'm going to be a magician. She's like, wow, that's amazing. Do you do any magic right now? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, but you know, I'm going to do it. And it was like a weird conversation because it's like, here's this kid who somehow is so fixed on this thing that he doesn't even, you know, do any of it now. It's like if somebody said, oh, I'm going to become like a basketball player. It's like, well, do you play basketball now? No, I never played, but you know, <laughs> I'll figure it out. I was really interested in it. Um, I was also discouraged because at the same time, I really thought I can't do this stuff. And then when I was about 13 years old, I saw a video of a man, his name's Darren Brown. He became quite popular in the US uh, now because he has specials on Netflix and stuff like that. But I remember seeing him when he was uh, first popular in the UK, uh, his first TV shows, and he was doing mind reading. And for me, I would watch this and I was fascinated because at the beginning of every episode, there was a disclaimer saying everything that you see in this TV show 
is accomplished by psychology, suggestion, hypnosis, memory, and misdirection. And so I thought, wow, like, you know, he's not talking about sleight of hand. He's not talking about something that physically uses his body. Here's the guy who's using these skills. And I thought, well, I have a brain and I have a mouth. Well, I'm not very good at using my mouth, but I can learn. <laughs> um, so, so I started just reading all these uh, things that he was suggesting. And it was, it was really interesting because at that point, I think I was having a very hard time in life and in school, uh, going into the ninth grade uh, as a kid, I was failing every class. Like, and honestly, um, the teachers literally just gave me like a 51% just to say like, go on to the next, like, we don't know what to do with you. <laughs> like, you know, like, just, just get out of here. And it wasn't because I was, um, it wasn't because I was dumb or because I didn't understand the material. It's just when you are at a point in your life where I think you're so demoralized, you don't feel like applying yourself to anything. You know, even though people are telling you this is what you need to do, it's like, oh, why, why am I going to do this? Like, what's the point? And that was just my mentality. I had a very, you know, defeatist mentality, a mentality of like, you know, what's the point of any of this? Like, oh, I'm going to finish school and do what? I can't do any of the careers I want to do. I can't do any of the stuff. I'm like, why am I wasting my time here? That's, as a kid, just negative attitude that I had. And also, you know, I didn't, I, I had trouble speaking with people and, you know, you, nobody knows what to do with you. They just, and unfortunately, I think a lot of, kids get you know fall into these holes these gaps in the system and just they become sort of forgotten and I don't know what happened to them they drop out they fail and you know they sort of be just fall out into the fringes of society uh, for me when I started to learn all the stuff about psychology and stuff it was very interesting so I, I would start I was already failing I was already skipping class I would skip class to go to the library and read books on memory and psychology and I would skip my high school and go down to the university and listen to the psychology classes because like you, you don't have a psychology class in high school so it was funny I was skipping class failing to sneak into the university and listen to the psychology. And I, I had no idea what I was doing, but I'm like, wow, if I just absorb all this stuff about psychology and memory, I'll be able to like read mind. <laughs> so, like, that's what a psychologist is, right? It's like a master of the mind. So I'm, I'm doing all this stuff, I'm learning about it, and then uh, realizing that, well, it's I'm learning all these interesting stuff, but I don't really know how to turn it into some sort of magic trick. So then, I had to work on uh, turning stuff into tricks. So one of the things I would do is I would memorize playing cards and every single playing card would be a character in a movie. And I just imagine them all at a party. So I could then take, um, I could take, you know, I could tell Ashley, take some cards and hide them, put them in your pocket. You know, the next bench, I don't know what cards you took. And then I would deal the cards face up on the table, looking at every single card. And as I was seeing the cards, I would imagine those characters leaving from that party that I had in my mind. And then once I'm out of the deck, I realize, okay, I didn't see 
you know, five characters leave, these are the five characters that are still at my party. Those characters must be the cards that are in your pocket. So then I could create some sort of like a mind reading uh, type presentation like that. And so it was very slow at first and I was just using everything that I could. Uh, and I would get into detentions and stuff because I just wasn't doing my homework. And so, uh, you know, having to stay inside the office uh, with the secretary and she'd let me play, uh, she'd let me play on the computer. You know, she liked me, so she'd let me play on the computer. And I would play Minesweeper and all that stuff that's on the computer. And then when she would leave, you know, because sometimes she had to run some errands, she would leave and see what's on, what else is on this computer, right? And so I would find all, uh, I've, there were about a thousand students in my school. So I found the files of all the students and the teachers in my school. And it had their address, it had their parents' name, their family's name, medical history, all the notes from their teacher, like everything that you can imagine in a school administration system. So what do I do? Like, this is horrible. <laughs> this is totally illegal, by the way, but I'm a kid, so I, I, I think the statute, I think I'm protected by both, I was a child, but anyways. So what do I do? I make a copy um, and I take it home. And then I make a file for each one of the students. I have a page with all this information that I have on them. And in the, I have the school yearbook. I cut out the photos, I paste it on each of them, it has a paper. And then every single time I'm in school and I'm walking around going from class to class, I'm just constantly listening to everything everybody's saying. And I have a file on them and I just put notes in the file based on the conversations that they're having. So maybe somebody has a new girlfriend or a new boyfriend or somebody's having an argument with this person or this person, or they want to go see this movie or, you know, they're going on a trip to this place. And I'm just overhearing all these stuff, just like you would in any environment but nobody knows that I'm listening all the time and I'm just taking notes. So from all this information that I had when I'm presenting these little magic tricks and stuff, I then, you know, could turn to somebody and just, you know, really give them some obscure piece of knowledge, but almost like in a freaky way, like there's no way that I could possibly know this. And I would play it off. So I'd like whisper into this person, you know, I'd be doing this magic trick and I'd have like a girl beside me and then I whispered to her, you know, that she shouldn't really argue with her mom and I named her mom and, you know, how everything's going to get better. And then like these people would just look at me like, wow, this is really weird. Maybe this person's psychic. Maybe this person's like, how does this person know these things? And just creating these experiences for people. And, um, and really that got me out of my shell from not being able to talk to anybody to presenting magic for them all of a sudden all the problems that I had with speaking and like all that stuff went away almost magically and my grades started going up because all of a sudden I was actually interested in being in the place that I was and connecting with the people around me I, I, I could now connect with them in a positive way whereas before I just didn't see any point to to connecting with them uh, to be honest. And I, and I hate to say that because it sounds like it's, it's such a bizarre mindset to me right now, but that's just the way it was. And so that is how I started. And later on, when I was 17, I approached uh, learning sleight of hand, which was a whole other thing. But uh, yeah, that's how I began. <laughs>
So you mentioned a couple times about mindset and during that time frame, you know, more geared towards that negative mindset, focusing on, you know, these discouraging thoughts that people began filling you up with. How important of a role does our mindset play in our life when it comes to handle these obstacles and struggles that life brings our way? It's everything. So when I was first learning about this psychology stuff, I was learning about hypnotism and uh, I would practice hypnotism. I would practice on whoever wanted to be hypnotized. And I would also hypnotize myself. Uh, there's a whole field of self-hypnosis. And one of the authors that I read was Emile Cui, who was a French uh, hypnotist. I, I believe he worked as a barber before he got into hypnotism, but he had a whole theory on uh, these affirmations that you give to yourself. And he had a program where you really tell yourself the things that are true. You, you decide on who you want to be. You decide the things that are true about yourself, that you are a person of value, that you're good at this, wh whatever it is that you really need to affirm in your life. And you have a program where you literally just stand in front of a mirror and you tell yourself these things every day over and over and over and over again until you internalize it. So you, these are things that you already know, but maybe you have some sort of self-doubt. You know, everybody has these doubts. They know things, but then they, you know, oh, I'm, I'm really not, you know, they, they just have these negative emotions that come up. This is like... Uh, you, you know, these little, um, uh, almost like a demon that like t tells you these negative things about yourself, just bringing you down. And so this was really just aligning yourself with the truth and uh, telling yourself things that you want to be true and things that you know that are true to a point where you understand them. So when I was getting into this stuff, I had daily affirmations that I would just tell myself every single day, uh, you know, very basic things, very, very basic things, but things that were things that I needed to hear, things that I wasn't hearing necessarily uh, that we all need to hear about ourselves. Uh, and maybe we just don't hear them because People are not paying attention to uh, our inner world, and we're not paying attention to our own inner world and what we require. So for me, uh, that was a huge difference. That was definitely a thing that radically changed my life. But the other thing that happened was seeing success. When you have a vision, when you have an idea, it sort of is something that doesn't exist. It's something that's in your mind and it's very easy for it to be destroyed or disappeared or you don't have space for it because you have too many things going on in your life that take you away from whatever it is that is inside you. And so when I started to perform and I start to get that feedback of, wow, people are having a good time at this. I'm actually having a positive experience. But not only that, people are engaging with what I'm doing in ways that I never thought possible. And the way that I feel about it, I've never felt like that before. Uh, I remember 
it's the first time I did a show at my school. You know, I'd been doing some magic tricks and, you know, some kids liked it. And I said, come back tomorrow. I'll do a real show for you. So I, you know, I went home and I prepared everything that I could possibly do. And I performed this show. And, uh, you know, I was a kid, like 16 years old or 15. And uh, I had no idea what I was doing, but they were so excited. One of the tricks, uh, the trick that I ended with, uh, I did not know if I was going to get it. Like, it was just... I'm trying to read somebody's mind. And I didn't know if I was going to get it or not. Like, I really felt like, no, oh, this isn't going to work. This person is thinking of something. So anyway, so just a shot in the dark. Really, uh, I got lucky. I don't know. Maybe it was luck. Maybe it was fate. I really don't know why I said what I said. But, and it was really impossible that I knew this thing. I just said it. Uh, and this kid, he's sitting across from me. No reaction for like five seconds. Then all of a sudden he just hits the table, flips the table and starts screaming at me like, you know, F you, there's, you know, there's no way. And just you know, really freaking out. And, you know, but having a positive experience of it, but that experience of like, there's no way, which is, you know, what people want from magic. They want to feel like they're experiencing something that's absolutely not possible. And for me, I was so excited. I remember having goosebumps the whole day you know, and going home and telling everyone like, oh, this is so amazing. You know, like I want to be like, I want to do this for, for my, for my life. And for me, it was just like this overwhelming feeling of you had all these moments of doubt and uh, discomfort and, you know, pain from failing and from doing stuff. And it's not really working the way that you want to having feedback that is overwhelmingly positive and you just it's just it almost becomes fuel for you it's it's like and that's what I think happens to us in life for me personally I think early on I think my motivation now is different but early on I was motivated by profound dissatisfaction where I was just really unhappy with my situation, with um, with the possibilities that I saw before me, and I wanted to make a change. I needed to make a change, and I didn't know if it's going to work or not work, but I'm going to try this. And you try, you fail, you feel horrible when you fail, you know, and I still feel horrible. I still fail sometimes. I still feel horrible when I fail, uh, but when you succeed, you get that payoff. And it's like, wow, the payoff is worth so much more than those failures that no matter how painful the failures are, you just say to yourself, I'm going to try this again and again. And the more you try and the more that you go for things in life, the more you succeed and then you become bolder and it becomes a self-fulfilling cycle where you're constantly motivated by your successes and those different experiences. And then it gets to a point where, you know, you never stop failing. You always have these mistakes. You always have these failures, but you understand it in a more mature way. Whereas uh, before you might be crippled by it. Whereas when you've seen success and you've experienced success, you're then able to swallow it and understand that it happens. But what I am going towards and what I really want, my real goal is so much more valuable than this temporary setback 
that I can't let it overtake my life. So that is, you know, that's a whole shift of the mindset that happened to me. And it took years. It's not a thing that's automatic, but it's a slow shift in mindset where then you just, as you go on, you become like a machine where you, you're, you're not bothered in the same way by things. I love how you mentioned that it is something that takes time because I know that some people that I talk to about mindset and especially going back to how we talked about affirmations, that they'll listen to a podcast for affirmations, you know, once or, or, or for just a week and say, well, it's not working for me. So it really is something to be said about doing something you know, repetitively and continuing to build yourself up in that way, because ultimately, as you've experienced, and in my life as well, it builds up your resiliency and shifts your perspective on how you handle situations. And you will not get immediate joy in many cases. Uh, I will tell you the story. So when I was, so I'm doing all this stuff, I'm seeing success with it in my own way, but I want more at this point. Because all my heroes in magic are doing stuff that's real, that's fi- that, that are physical. You know, you have David Copperfield on stage and he's doing his beautiful illusions. And you have different guys who I watch and I admire, David Blaine with his cards and with his other stuff. And for me at that point, I'm only doing magic in people's minds. So it's very interesting and I love doing it, but it's in people's minds. And there's something that bothers me about it and that I want the magic to exist in the real world. I want it to be something that people can see and something that they can feel and touch physically, whether that's through handling of props or, you know, seeing it with their eyes. I don't just want it to be something in their imagination. I I wanted the magic to be real. So uh, I remember I was 16 years old and I decided on my 17th birthday, I'm going to learn sleight of hand with cards. I didn't tell anybody this and I didn't think I could do this. I remember I got a deck of cards, which, you know, I, I could not hold back then because cards are slippery. And mm-hmm. like now it's easy for me. I just pick up a deck and, you know, I can do whatever I want with it. But in the beginning, I could not even hold a deck of cards. Uh, I could not shuffle. I could not cut. I could not do anything. So I wait until everybody in my house is asleep and I'm there alone in the dark and I take the cards out of the box. At this point, you know, I had been reading some stuff about magic. So I understand some techniques. I understand some card techniques and stuff like that, uh, even though I can't do it yet. (laughs) Um, And I just sit there. And I'm trying to figure stuff out and literally just all night, um, maybe eight hours a night. I didn't sleep. Like I would literally from until people went to bed until they woke up in the morning, I would be trying to do stuff with cards. And then I would sleep on like the way to school and a little bit in class. (laughs) And I would do this for months and months, just trying to figure stuff out, not telling anybody, not succeeding and uh, slowly, you know, trying to figure stuff out. Nothing's really working. And I try to do this. I remember months and months go by and it's very bizarre. Uh, It was a period of intense joy and discovery, but it was also a moment of complete doubt where you're sitting there and you're not sure if this is going to lead anywhere. And so I remember uh, months and months go by and I'm nowhere near where I want to be. I'm thinking, you know, you know, I see these people doing these techniques. I can't do anything. I remember one day I wake up, I'm in my bed, the deck of cards is beside me and I don't want to move. And I just sit there thinking, what is it about me 
that wants to do this. No one expects that I should do this. I don't expect that I'll ever be able to do it. What is it about me that's so stuck on this idea that I'm going to do this thing? It's not working out. I don't know how to make it work out. And just this really depressing feeling of, I don't want to do this anymore. It's actually causing me pain inside because here's this thing that I love. I'm trying to do it. I feel like an idiot. Everyone's right. I can't do this. No one needs to know that I'm trying and failing. And, you know, it's a secret. There's many other things that I'm good at in life. Why don't I just leave this behind and say goodbye to this? I I can't do it anymore. That's the feeling that I had. And in those moments, you have two choices. You either push through and, or you give up. And in that moment, I decided to give up. I said, I, I said to myself, I don't want to feel the way that I'm feeling. This is not a positive experience for me. This is not what I thought it was going to be. I, I can't keep putting my heart and soul into this thing that is just not going to work out. I didn't say it so eloquently back then, uh, <laughs> but that's how I felt. I gave up and I remember there was a great feeling of relief. I put the cards away, didn't think about it. Great feeling of relief. A day goes by, two days go by, and I start having this sinking feeling, like this horrible feeling inside, even worse than I felt before, (laughs) thinking, well, what's happening? And the way I felt, the way that I can describe it is I knew that the person that I was deciding to be in that moment was somebody who was never going to keep pushing when things were important. Anything that I want in life, if it was important for me, if I knew that I needed to do this, if I knew that it was anything that I wanted in my life, I knew that when it just became too hard, I would just give up. And that was the person that I decided to be. And what a horrible feeling. What a really horrible, shameful feeling. And I I remember feeling this very intensely, even now talking about it. It's, I could not live with that decision. I just could not live with it. So even though I felt I can't continue this, I felt the alternative is way worse because what a loser I'm going to be my whole life. Wow. Like anything, something is hard. Anytime it's important to me, I'm just going to give up. That's the person I am. Just give up because I can't, you know, I can't deal with it. So I said, I can't be that person. I'm going to keep trying Uh, And no matter how crazy it seems, and no matter how hard it is, I'm just going to concentrate on the positive that comes out. I can't concentrate on how far I'm going to go. And I can't control the outcome, but I I can appreciate the positive things that come from my efforts. And that was a shift in my mindset that I had to make. And that really was what kept me going. And it sounds like, you know, a silly thing, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to concentrate on the positive things that come out. Well, look what has come out of it. Quite incredible things. Uh, I grew up uh, as a poor boy from Toronto who never thought he was going to go anywhere or do anything 
to finding something that's taken me literally all over the world, places I never thought I was ever going to go. And the people that I've met and just the experiences that I have just so incredible. So, you know, when I look at those crossroads, those decision points, and to see where it led me, even though in that moment, it seems like a hopeless thing. If you just keep going, something is going to happen. I don't know how, I don't know when, but something's going to happen and something did happen and something else happened and things kept happening. And now that I understand, now that I'm older and I understand that, uh, that is where the idea of persisting for me comes from, because it's, it's, it's not just like this internalized thing of, oh, if you persist, you're going to make it. It's like, no, you have just a clear understanding of the world once you've done it, because you realize this is how it works. Sustained effort does lead somewhere, even if it doesn't seem like it. Even though it takes a long time, sometimes it will lead somewhere. But, you know, it's like this in with everything in our life. Let's say somebody wants to lose weight or somebody wants to do something. They try really hard and they don't get the results that they want. I understand that. But, you know, if you give up, you're not going to see any results. You're actually going to see negative results. So there does come a point where you need to do things without the feedback. You, you, when you do get the feedback and it's positive, it's incredible and it will fuel you, but you have to not depend on it and become emotionally dependent on the positive feedback. You have to sometimes work in the dark and be willing to work through the darkness until you see the light. I don't know when the light's going to come, but eventually it will come. You're definitely right. It makes me think of how our trials, our hardships, our struggles all teach us something deep about ourselves. And often, you know, without that, we wouldn't really learn how strong we are, how resilient we are, and what we are capable of. And that reminds me of your story and how you were able to, you know, conquer and overcome these negative thoughts. You know, you knew that these were thoughts that you were feeling and thinking, but you knew that you didn't want to stay there. It's not that I didn't want to stay there. I could not stay there mm-hmm. because staying there would mean staying in a place that I could not stay. I do believe that we only have one life. People have different beliefs, but I, I personally believe I have one life and that I cannot, I, ha- I have to spend, I have to do my best during that one, this lifetimes that I have. And I have to really try to make the most of it. And I'm not in control of every outcome. Uh, I think everybody has disappointments in their life and things that they wish turned out differently. But I have to try. And, uh, and it just comes to a point where I also refuse uh, to stay in a place where which is which just does not fit with me. It's just not who I am. It's not, I, I can't do it. I just can't do it. <laughs> and what has this journey taught you about yourself? There's an incredible thing that we have, which is our will. And if we can get to a place where we can form a vision for who we want to be in our life and what we want out of life, like really what we want out of life, if we can get a clear vision of that, 
we can then begin to plan for it. We can then prepare for it. And we can go out into the world and try to achieve it. And that doesn't mean that it's going to be a straight road or a straightforward road. It could be a very bumpy road. And it could be a road that has many setbacks. But once you understand that vision and that vision is you, it's who, it's what you want, what you want in your heart and in your soul, it's what you want. Then you have everything you need to go out and to take that journey towards it. And taking that journey towards it is probably much more fulfilling than anything than anything else that you can do in life. And it could take you a very long time to get there. It could be that you never even make it to that destination. But going on that journey is you becoming that person who you see in that vision. Uh, so I think it's realistically looking at the outcomes and you know being grounded in reality, being grounded and being practical and real and working in a real way so that you can see real success because we don't want a success that's fantasy. We want real success. We want it to be real. <laughs> also, being able to align ourselves in a way where we're able to operate in reality successfully. So it's, you know, it's a combination of understanding those visions, developing those visions, but then also understanding the world and how we fit into the world and how we can operate in the world towards our, our destination. So transitioning just a little bit, I want to talk about some of your destinations that you've been to. And before we recorded today, I watched some of your videos online of your performances, and you have been all around the world on stages and on screen. Could you share some of your highlights from your journey? I will say I've had incredible experiences. Every single year of my life seems that, you know, could not get any better. And then something happens and it's like, wow, this is better than last year, <laughs> except for last year, except for last year, uh, which was unfortunately quite different. But it's also a necessary period in our lives. And I think we all come to understand that. But uh, I would say the first show that I ever did on stage was with one of my heroes in magic. And uh, I wasn't supposed to be part of the show. I wasn't working as a professional magician. I was at uh, this person's birthday party. He's a very amazing magician from Spain. And uh, he asked a few of his friends to come up on stage and perform some magic. And, I, and he asked me to perform. And I had never performed a show. So I got on the stage in front of, you know, uh, 1,500 people. I'd never been on a stage before. And uh, I perform magic for them. And even though I've done like small shows and stuff like that, it's quite different when you're on a stage. And it was just uh, such an amazing experience for me to do, you know, one of my first, my first show with uh, one of my heroes in magic. And from that, it's just been like a whirlwind. You have incredible just experiences. I'll tell you one of the highlights for me. So I told you at the beginning of this, one of the things I wanted to do was play the piano and I can never. So uh, one of my friends who's a ma magician, but he's also a great musician. He's a composer. Uh, we were in New York a few years ago and we were talking about dreams. And uh, I told him about this dream I had. And it was a real dream I had after all these years. It was a real dream. I was sleeping and I had this dream of playing the piano in a show. And it was, 
with magic combined with a piano and it was a weird dream. You know, I, I don't often have dreams like that. It was a weird dream. So I told him about it and I told him about how I wanted to play the piano. I never could. And he said, uh, that's really interesting. And we, we never talked about it for years. And then three years ago, he, he called me, he said, do you want to come to China and do this tour? You know, because he produces some shows in China. Uh, so I said, yeah, you know, it would be great. And so he brings me there. And uh, the first thing he does is he surprises me. Instead of going to, you know, prepare for the show, he brings me to the Shanghai Conservatory, which is like where all the people learn how to play music and stuff. And there's people there and they teach me how to play the piano. And we practice, like I'm practicing like 16 hours a day because, you know, he's like, you're going to play in the show. And so we get to the show and uh, I do the show, I do magic and he's playing the piano. And um, after I'm done the magic, I explain that magic has been able, through magic, I've been able to accomplish all of my dreams. All of my dreams I've been able to accomplish through magic. One dream that I haven't been able to is playing the piano. And I tell this story about how I always wanted to play the piano. I get to the end of the story and I explain to them tonight, we're going to make that dream come true. This is a night about making dreams come true, about really doing the impossible, because that's what magic is, doing the impossible. And I walk over to the piano and he gets up off the piano and I sit down and um, and I play the, the piano. And we had, uh, I think we had something like 13,000 people in the audience uh, every night. It was in a big stadium where they usually play all the sports and stuff. It was just like, it was just an incredible thing. And for me, it was making, you know, making magic real, making this dream that I had real. So that, that was incredible for me. And so for me, like I have many highlights, but that was definitely one that, you know, out of my mind. That's an incredible story. I really appreciate you sharing that. That that goes full circle to the back of what we were talking about in the beginning of this episode about as you mentioned that this was a dream of yours. And, you know, unfortunately there are people in life who fill us with these thoughts that are based on discouragement or telling us, trying to make us believe that we aren't capable of doing these things. But then here you are years later making this happen. Yes. And I think for me, it was a weird thing because I talk about dreams and I talk about uh, making dreams come true. But just like everybody else, I have dreams that I've let go and dreams that sort of just disappear because you don't have the energy to pursue everything in your life. So for me, it was an incredible opportunity to really reignite a passion that I had earlier on in my life, a dream that I had, and make it into a real thing. And now it's something that I try to do in many of my shows, which is play some music. And uh, I don't always tell the same story. It's often changes a little bit uh, depending on the audience and the format of the show, but it's just a really fun thing that I can share with people and, you know, share the story with. And I want people to get that sensation that what we're talking about is not just abstract. You know, it's not just a fanciful thing. It's not just out there in the other. Uh, These are real things and we want them to be real and we want We want them to be real because we want them to fulfill us. And that's what I want people to go after as well in their own lives, things that actually fulfill them. And I want them to pursue those things successfully. 
And I see you have a show of your own coming up on March 5th. That'll be virtual. Could you share more about what people can expect with that? Yeah. So like everybody else, I'm doing stuff virtually now. Uh, and so this is just a show where everybody, uh, where we make the magic happen in their hands. And it's just a really fun thing. Uh, I used to do magic over the radio uh, when I was promoting live shows. And for, for that, it was very interesting because I'd give people instructions and they'd go and follow the instructions. And so this is a combination of people seeing a show and some of the magic happens in their hands. And uh, it's, it's an interesting experience, definitely different for me, uh, but it's something new I'm trying and I, people have been enjoying it so far. It's weird. It's a little weird because it's so new for me. Um, and I'm always so worried about the technology, <laughs> but you know, it's just fun and it's different for me. A lot of my shows in real life, they have a lot of storytelling and emotion and different stuff. This is very different for me. This is just pure fun. I really don't, uh, this is not a storytelling show. This is just a fun show. Yeah, that's what I'm just doing. And it's, you know, it's pretty fun. So I'm, I'm enjoying it. It's neat that you were able to pivot in this way and still, you know, share your message and share your talents with other people. And it will uplift so many people and make them feel good. So this is something that is very much needed during this time. Yes, thank you. Uh, uh, I appreciate it. And I, I appreciate being invited here. Honestly, this has been really fun and just amazing to talk to and share these ideas. Uh, this is just, you know, this is what I think we both live for, sharing our passion with people and sharing the truth about making those things real. I think people need uh, the truth. As you said, a lot of people start things, they're not feeling things immediately. Why is that? Maybe somebody sold them something that was unrealistic. We want to give people things that are real. I, I, I do. I really want things to be concrete. I want people to have real joy in their lives. And I want them to have it in a real way. And that is, I think, what is important, giving them a blueprint to succeed. And as a final thought for today, what's a message or a mantra that you'd like to share with those joining us to reflect on? I, I would say to them to really discover joy in the process. The process can become something that becomes a nightmare if you have the wrong relationship to the process. And that is something that I think if people can figure out their relationship to that process, whether that process is them having a healthier lifestyle or developing a skill or building their business, whatever it is, they, there's a process there. And oftentimes we can have a negative relationship to that process uh, and we can develop a negative relationship to that process. So I think for you to really go as far as you can go, you need to look at it like you look at any other relationship in your life and figure out how to make it into a, a positive thing so that when you are partaking in that relationship day, daily, whether that's working on your business or working on your health or working on whatever, it gives you joy in that moment. It's not just something that you are suffering through and something that you hate to do and that you get bored of and you get tired of. Uh, so that is something that I think people should really consider how to approach that in a way that fulfills them because you will be spending a lot of time in that process and you're better off for yourself to figure out how, how you can get joy out of that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I think that, 
will really change your daily attitude. As we mentioned earlier, there's something to be said about mindset and our perspective and how we view not only ourselves, but the world around us and, you know, the struggles or the hardship that we face. Because when you look at it in a negative way, it's possible it will hurt and hinder you. So it's important to be able to move past that and not allow that to hold you back. Yes. And you don't want to be held back. You want to keep that momentum. Uh, and momentum is incredibly important in everything that you do. So I'm, I'm taking notes. As I know that you're recording this, but I'm taking notes because what I'm saying, I'm saying stuff that I need to hear for myself. And you're saying stuff that I also need to hear. So I always just take notes of little things because it's just it comes out and oftentimes we need to hear things over and over and over again to get it. And even then we don't get it. <laughs> we need to be told again. But that momentum is incredibly important. And one of the ways we keep that momentum is being fulfilled. Uh, and I'll tell you, it's very unfortunate. It was a situation we have with this virus. I was, um, I usually swim a lot and ordinarily I don't like certain exercises. I don't like certain things but I would go swimming every single morning. It was a joyful thing for me to get up and you know, I do what I need to do in the morning quickly. And then I go for a swim, I get my exercise in for the day. And it's just, I'm, I have a great relationship with that. So it's not, it's not something that I look at like, oh, I have to go to the pool. I, I don't wanna go. No, I love to do it. So building, Love, finding love in what you do is very important in order to keep yourself motivated. Before we wrap up, I want to thank you for coming on here and sharing your story. There's a power in sharing our stories. I think that too often, I mean, for me personally, I've experienced a transformation once I shared my story, even the hard parts of it. I believe that there is a power in it because it brings hope and healing to other people in our world and really allows them to step into this space as well. Yes. And that's all we're doing. We're sharing and people are sharing with us and we're all just trying to grow into the direction that we need to grow in to, to live. Mm -hmm. Really. That's what it is about. It's about living the good life. And we're all here to cheer each other on and uplift one another and support each other. And like I said, that's such a power in, in coming together, you and I here today in this space to talk about your story specifically, because I know that people who listen to it will be blessed and it'll be a light in their lives and they'll carry these messages and the stories that you've shared here with me today. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, uh, if anybody wants to you know, follow up, please leave questions and stuff in the comments and, uh, you know, how you've been affected by hearing this and also just questions and comments that you have. And we love, I, I love to hear about people's journey. I love to hear about how people are interfacing with what they're receiving from what we put out into the world. So uh, I would love to, to hear everything from everybody. And I thank you for this opportunity. It's been really fun and also just really just nice it's just nice <laughs> and before we wrap up where can people find you online uh they can just search for me maddie the magician my name is maddie gilbert uh they can find me online facebook instagram your website all kind of fun places youtube yeah everywhere um <laughs> it's easy to find it's easy to find everyone online now 
And Mari, I want to thank you again for joining me here today to share your story and shine a light on living a limitless life. I know that your words today, as I already mentioned, will be a true inspiration and blessing for all of those who listen. Thanks for joining us at the For the Good podcast. We would love to connect with you. Join us on Facebook and Instagram at For the Good Official and our blog at ForTheGood.com. And be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. Remember, a positive mindset is the beginning of true happiness, not just for the good of the individual, but for the good of the world.